0: Welcome to the Vegan Dharma Podcast. I am Laura Nadia, the Vegan Dharma Coach. You're about to hear from an amazing human, a story of how they embody their soul's purpose. Open your mind, your heart, and your soul to receive this message today. First, let's take three deep breaths in through the nose and out through the mouth. Breathe in through the nose, out through the mouth. Inhale, exhale, inhale, letting your belly get nice and big with air, and gently release. Now we're grounded and we're ready to invite our guest. Enjoy.
1: My guest this week on the Vegan Dharma Podcast is Brooke Sellers, aka Miss Meatless Muscle, She's a vegan bodybuilder and a fitness coach, and she helps women lose fat and build muscle through weightlifting. She's based in Atlanta, Georgia, and we're so happy to have her here. So welcome, Brooke. Thank you. Thank you so much. Can you start off and tell us about how you became vegan?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So at the time, I was already very into fitness. So I was just browsing Netflix, and I came across a documentary called What the Hell." And it really piqued my interest, just the title of it. So I watched it and I was blown away. I just could not believe all of the information about chronic disease and all of the corruption with big pharma and our government. It was just absolutely mind blowing. So I decided to do some more research. I purchased some great books and I just decided that it aligned most with my beliefs. Like here I am taking care of myself in the gym but yet I'm filling my body with all of this horrible cholesterol and saturated fat. And not only that, but I call myself an animal lover and I rescue dogs and I believe in rescuing animals and caring for animals, but I'm eating animals and there's like a conflict with that. So I just felt like ethically it was where my heart lied and it was pretty much overnight. I just did my research and I never looked back you were already
1: into fitness when you became vegan then. So you kind of added on to it. So did that help you to know exactly what to eat when you started off being plant-based?
2: I would say yes. Yeah, because I was already pretty accustomed to tracking my food, using my fitness pal, learning how to balance out carbs and proteins. The tricky part was learning about vegan protein. So like how to get my protein, at least the grams that I was eating In vegan sources. So that was a little tricky, but just educating myself. And now I'm used to it and it's just, it's easy.
1: Yeah. So speaking of protein, where do you get your protein? Can you go through some of the vegan (laughs) protein sources for us?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So definitely tofu, one of my favorites. Love tofu. I love tempeh. Seitan is one of my favorites by far, especially for the taste. So good. Adamame, lentils. Nutritional yeast is also really, really good. Hemp seeds. Having a vegan protein powder is always a good idea. So I love True Nutrition. They have a great vegan protein and all kinds of stuff. So if you're allergic to soy, they also have rice, hemp proteins, all kinds of different plant sources. So those make up the majority of my my protein sources, I would say.
1: And is it just the protein that you focus on or are there, and this is kind of a rhetorical question, but what about carbs and fats and all the other nutrients? How do you get those?
2: So for the longest time, I've only done calories and protein. That's it. I actually have not tracked macros the entirety of my transformation, which people are always shocked about. I've never cut carbs. I've never, ever tracked carbs ever or fats. I just started recently doing it this year because like I told you before we started the podcast, I'm thinking about competing in June. Now macros are pretty important. So they play a, a bigger role in my physique than they did before. But then as far as like other nutrients, as far as like vitamins and minerals and things like that, just educating myself on proper sources. So, you know, making sure I have fruits and veggies. If you have a good variety of fruits and veggies in your daily plan, then you're pretty safe oranges, apples, and then, you know, diverse veggies, you're getting like kale, broccoli, lots of good green veggies, you're getting so many different nutrients. So that's kind of my approach to it.
1: Yeah, so congrats, by the way, on uh, this, I guess this may be one of the first times you're announcing it. I hope we're not leaking new information here. But yes, uh, you're gonna be competing (laughs) in a bodybuilding show as a vegan and showing up not only as A female bodybuilder, but a vegan female bodybuilder, which is pretty damn badass, if I may say so. So, (laughs) we're obviously all wishing you so much luck with that. And can you tell us a little bit about like what you're gonna do to prepare for that? And what does it mean to be a bodybuilder? And and what do you?
2: (laughs) My dog. I'm so sorry. (laughs) What does it mean to be a vegan bodybuilder? I think the biggest thing is not sacrificing your ethics for your physique goals, right? That's the biggest thing to me about being a vegan bodybuilder is you don't have to sacrifice where your heart lies and hurt the environment and animals to reach your goals. Yeah, as far as preparing for it, I I have a coach. He's really helped me with my macros and water intake and just performing really well, helping me with my training so that I can build a really good physique and, you know, have what the judges will be looking for. But yeah, I just try to keep my stress levels down and get enough sleep every night, eat enough, especially getting enough calories and protein to build that muscle. And yeah, just following a really regimented training program and staying super, super consistent.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. And again, wishing you so much success with that. I know you're going to kill it and representing team vegan all the way. (laughs) So it's must take so much confidence to step up on stage and you know, you're know you wearing like a bikini in front of all these people and flexing all your muscles and showing them everything. So you weren't always this confident though, right? You came from some humble beginnings. So can you tell us about where you came from and your struggles with being overweight and then how you overcame all of that to become who you are today?
2: Oh yeah, absolutely. And it's so funny that you mentioned that because it's still kind of, when I start thinking about it, I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to be on stage, like almost naked. And it kind of gives me anxiety. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's so crazy. But yeah, I was very chubby when I was younger. And I mean, it just kind of was in my family. Like everybody's kind of overweight. We just have really bad eating habits here in the South. We eat literally whatever we want to, cornbread, baked beans, everything has some sort of like animal fat in it, even if it's a vegetable. So it was just normal to me. Like it was just how we ate. I didn't really think anything about it until I I started going to school. And in middle school, I was bullied a lot just for being very overweight, being different than everybody. And I just really stood out and it was really hard. I definitely had very low self-esteem. I felt like I didn't fit in. I felt like something was wrong with me. I didn't understand, you know, why people were picking on me because of my weight. And it was just really difficult. In high school, I started playing sports and that kind of helped. I played volleyball and I ran track. So that kind of helped me get some weight off. But I became very, very obsessive about what I was eating, almost to very disordered eating. Like I would eat like a cracker and a salad for lunch in high school. Like as a high school kid, I'm eating a salad and just eating like a cracker. And then I would go run track all afternoon and play sports. So it was really difficult. So it turned into something very disordered and something very unhealthy. And then, of course, you can't maintain that kind of lifestyle forever. So ended up gaining a whole bunch of weight back after high school. And in college, I was just at a point where I was just over it. Like none of my clothes were fitting. I was going up from like a large to an extra large and having to buy new clothes. And I'm just like being very intimidated by A double XL, like I didn't want to have to go buy a double XL, like just the thought of it. It made me feel horrible about myself and my health was absolutely horrible. I'm definitely prone to asthma and I just struggled to even get around my campus. I mean, I would get to my class and I would be breathing so hard that I would stand outside the class just so nobody would see me catching my breath. My lung capacity was just absolutely horrible. My endurance, I just felt like crap all the time. My skin was terrible. My health was just really, really bad. And I'm in my early 20s, these are my best years. I'm not going to live this way, eating terrible and not exercising. And I'm only setting myself up for failure in the future. So literally it was my birthday one year. I just was like, all right, I'm going to get a gym membership and I'm just going to start eating better. And, you know, of course, like I made mistakes, but I still made conscious decisions and I learned along the way. And I just kept learning about nutrition and training to a point where eventually I knew, I knew what I was doing. Yeah. It's just, I've been consistent with it ever since then. I mean, of course I've fallen off sometimes and, you know, had binges and stuff like that, but I always get right back to it. And especially the gym food can be hard. I can be an emotional eater. That's something I have to be aware of. So when something really emotional happens in my life, typically my nutrition will go to crap, but then I always have the gym because the gym just always makes me feel so good. And it's just been amazing for me to see what my body has been capable of and how strong I am rather than just you know what I look like. So it's so much more to me now, what I'm capable of doing and what my body is capable of doing is so empowering. So even when my nutrition hasn't been there, the gym has always been there.
1: Thank you for sharing all of that. And little did those little kids know at the time who they were making fun of and <laughs> how strong and, and beautiful that, I mean, I'm sure you were that way then and still yeah. are now, but even more so more and more every day as you work on it. And I think people get caught up on this too, that they feel like they need to look a certain way to love themselves or to think that they're beautiful or fit or whatever. And you're talking about being overweight in high school, essentially, while you're doing sports. And I had a similar experience as well. Like I played a lot of sports. And when I was in middle school, I distinctly remember going to the doctor's office and falling on the overweight range with BMI because I had muscle on me and it's yeah. not common for, you know, that height and weight range and age. And I just, you can't tell a little girl anything when you're calling her overweight, like that's all she's going to see and focus on because it's so focused on in the media. and the movies and everywhere. So it can be really devastating for people, especially when they're middle school age, 11, 12, 13, 14. Those girls are very impressionable. And it's not just girls, but especially girls, because there's so much misogyny. And you know, it's the patriarchy. It's not just something that we complain about that doesn't exist. It's this real thing that women are suppressed. And they're, there's so much focus on the way that we look whether or not, like, even if you look pretty, it's like, you don't spend every single day trying to look pretty. That's not everything that exists about you. And sometimes people place you in that box. Right. So anyways, I feel for you and I can relate to your experience a bit. And that's crazy. Like thinking about having asthma and not even being able to just get to class without like having people see you out of breath and never know what somebody is going through. The person that you're making fun of for being overweight, maybe they're emotionally eating because they're grieving the loss of a parent or people also can have like metabolic conditions or something genetic, it makes them hold on to weight more. So they could actually be pretty fit, but still be holding on to weight. So it's pretty pointless (laughs) to point at somebody and judge them for the way they look, especially when it comes to their weight. And I love that you talked a little bit about how it still comes into play now, right? Like you can't just erase all those years of your life and all those times that you thought you were less because you weighed more and the times that people disincluded you from things and made fun of you for things because of how you look like that doesn't just go away overnight. And we are also emotional beings and the food's always around. And it does work sometimes. Like if you're feeling down and you have a piece of chocolate, a lot of times it will make you happy. So it's not like we're just doing it for no reason. So It's really cool that you're talking about how you kind of navigate through that and gentle with yourself through that and just continuing to nourish your body through exercise and movement. And like right now I'm about to go through my cycle. I can feel it. And I wanted to do an intense workout today, but my body's telling me, no, it's telling me like, Hey, let's maybe do some dance or some yoga or some stretching or something. And here I was sitting here the past few days thinking like, why am I eating so much? Why am I so hungry? Sometimes your body just needs these things and we have to listen to it. Right. Oh yeah, definitely. It's telling you something. The other thing that you mentioned was so like when you're in college and you finally decided one day, like, I'm just going to get a gym membership. So I'm sure that you didn't just show up the first day, like exactly how you are Miss Meatless muscle. Like I'm a badass vegan bodybuilder. It might've been a little intimidating, right? So like, can you explain that first walk into the gym, that sort of experience and like, how did you become comfortable? Because I'm sure a lot of people listening are not gym goers, they might not even have a fitness routine. So I yeah. want people to know, like I'm sure you do too, that a gym's a very inclusive place and everybody's welcome. Beginners are welcome. So what did it feel like when you're a beginner? So people can kind of relate to that. And how did you develop the comfort working out?
2: Yeah, I definitely just remember being in there and being very overwhelmed by all of the machines and everything. And i was just like, oh God, well, I guess I'll just figure it out as I go. I will say I did sign up at Planet Fitness initially. That was my first gym. And as much as people want to hate on Planet Fitness, I felt very comfortable there. There's just so many different people of all ages and ethnicities and they're at different places along their fitness journey say what you want about Planet Fitness, but it is a great place if you're starting out at the gym. Like if you're a beginner, it's a really good place. I really do feel like it's the no judgment zone. Like I know that's their motto, but really I do feel like it's no judgment. And then also Instagram. (laughs) Honestly, I looked up a lot of videos on Instagram and I'd watch people, YouTube. I would find like a couple people, like I probably had like three or four women that I've just watched their videos like religiously. And then I'd just go to the gym and try it. But even then, I didn't know what I was doing for the first six months I was working out. I mean, I would take ankle weights to the gym and do crappy booty workouts. And I was very nervous about working upper body because I didn't want to get bulky. I felt like my arms are already my trouble area. They're already big. They have too much fat. No, I don't want to make them bigger. So I had a lot of these kind of common misconceptions that women had. So I would say it was probably like a year into my training that I actually started figuring out what I was doing. I bought a great book by Mike Matthews, Stronger, Harder, Leaner. And that book totally changed my mentality as far as training. Like women don't have to do very light aerobics and light weights and eat absolutely nothing and starve themselves. That book is what taught me, think of yourself as an athlete. You wanna look like an athlete. And athletes, they eat enough, they train hard, they lift heavy. So that's what you should be doing. If that's the physique that you want and that's the performance that you want, you need to nourish yourself and not starve yourself. So that totally changed everything for me. So then I started tracking all my workouts. I would go in the gym with intention instead of just like just trying to feel the burn or whatever. I would know exactly what I was doing that day, exactly how many reps, increase my weights, I was just on top of it. I tracked every workout and, and that's what I do to this day. I still track every single workout and I still try to make new personal records on all my lifts and push myself. Yeah, I mean, I would say in the beginning I had no idea what I was doing, but I knew what I wanted. So I just kept going <laughs> and I just kind of taught myself more and more along the way. For anyone just starting out, I would say, you know, just educate yourself and find someone on Instagram or YouTube who knows what they're doing, of course, because not everyone, I mean, I'm sure you know, um, being on social media, not everyone puts out good information, but find someone credible, follow what they're doing, maybe hire a coach. That's also super helpful. I mean, if anything, I wish I would have gone back and just hired somebody because that would have saved me a year of progress hire a coach, educate yourself, buy books, watch YouTube, and just collect knowledge.
1: Yeah, love all of that. And how ironic is it that you went into it originally not wanting to have big arms and now you literally oh, call and- yourself a trap queen. And for anybody who doesn't know that be- the traps are muscle at your upper back. <laughs>
2: yeah. Oh <laughs> so- yeah, I just want to be jacked now. <laughs> Totally. Right.
1: I mean, it's so much more fun. Like you said, to consider yourself an athlete versus, especially for women going into fitness and nutrition and wellness, like in terms of, I just need to lose weight. There's so much out there about weight loss. And I actually don't even like that term itself, weight loss, because you'll lose weight when you go to the bathroom. You want to lose fat. I saw that you actually advertise that as well. Like you help women with fat loss, not weight loss. And yeah, so like that's one of the big misconceptions with people too, right? Is that they think if I go to the gym, I'm going to get all bulky. The women are like, oh, I don't want to have like these big arms and giant legs and all these muscles and stuff. And the irony is a lot of the Instagram models they're looking at, the people that they want to look like are doing the things that they're avoiding doing. Like they're eating more, they're lifting heavy, (laughs) they're doing all the things you're talking about. And that's how they're getting the small waist and the hourglass figure and everything. And meanwhile, they're going and like you said, you did in the beginning and I did this too. It's kind of like starve myself, barely eat maybe like 500, 600 calories a day. So you're not getting full nutrition. Your body's in starvation mode. And it's fighting back because it thinks that like, I need to hold on to fat because you're not giving me enough food. So there must not be a food source available. Like it's an instinctual thing, right? You're setting your body into starvation mode and then you're doing all this exercise. So you're further telling it like, Hey, we're using up all these calories, like hold on to the fat for dear life. And then everybody's like, why do I still hold on to this fat? It's like, you're teaching your body to do that. You're going to have to go against some of the things that you thought were going to work and really learn what does work. And it's really hard for women. And it's nobody's fault because we're taught the wrong things. Like all these advertisements for like weight loss pills and stuff. We're always taught these stupid things from the media and everywhere. And you have to kind of decondition and unlearn all of these myths to be able to actually get to better health. So Can you talk a little bit about that, about some of the common myths and misconceptions that I'm sure your clients come into your program having, and then maybe just people you run into the gym as well?
2: Yeah, I would say absolutely. Just like we talked about, the biggest one is not lifting heavy to prevent getting too bulky. And I think a lot of times these women, they get very intimidated by even the term bodybuilder. You look at bikini models, these women, like they're probably smaller than we are and they're bodybuilders. I mean, they're at Miss Olympia. And they're winning and they're probably much smaller than we are. And I think that these women, they see these like figure kind of bodybuilders, you know, like the bigger women with the huge arms and back and shoulders. That's a full time job. I don't think people realize if you want that physique, not only are you going to have to take drugs, performance enhancement drugs to get that big, but it's a literally a full time job. Like those people are working out twice a day, eating like crazy amounts of food. So the idea that you're just going to go to the gym and do a bicep curl and wake up like that the next day is just mind blowing to me. But people don't understand. And I feel like it's perpetuated by people who don't know the science. But realistically, naturally, you can expect if you're a beginner to put on about a pound of muscle a month if, you know, you're super consistent with your training and nutrition. And that's not that much. I know everybody's seen that graphic of like a pound of fat versus like a pound of muscle. And the pound of muscle is very small because it's very lean. People think a pound of muscle, that's actually not that much at all. So if you're putting on a pound a month, you're not going to be able to put on that much muscle. And then you get past your first year of training, it gets even harder. You're looking at even less than half a pound. And then, you know, five years down the road, which is where I'm at, I mean, I might put on like two or three pounds a year of muscle. So people just don't understand the science. I think people. I think it's a lot of men, they say, you don't get too bulky or don't get too big or whatever it is. And you know what, even if you want to, like there's women who want to look like that and that's okay. If they want to look bulky, like let people be bulky. I think that's a huge misconception. That's probably one of the biggest ones and my least favorite for sure.
1: Yeah, that's a good one. And I love that you mentioned too, like some women are going to want that. Like, who cares if I want to have giant arms and be like Optimus Prime or whatever? That's, that's my life. (laughs) Yeah. But it it takes a lot of work to do that. So like, what other goals do your clients have through your fitness programs? Let's say that they don't want to get bulky. Like they do want to lose some fat trim their waist, you know, have the typical thing is that, you know, the hourglass shape, big booty, small waist, and also just feeling energetic, feeling good about themselves, feeling confident in a bathing suit, that sort of thing.
2: Absolutely. I would say all of those. Everybody wants a big bot right now. That's for sure. So that's like everybody's goal. I have a lot of women just come to me because like you said, they just want to feel good about themselves and they are tired of not having energy to get through their day. Like, I don't think a lot of people realize it's not normal to not have energy to get through your day. Like, that's not okay. Like you should be able to get through your day and go to the gym and take care of yourself and do all the things you need to do. And feel good doing it. Like if you're not, there's definitely a problem there with your nutrition or your training. So a lot of women just come to me wanting to have more energy, feel better, like you said about themselves, how they look, how they feel on the inside all kinds of great goals. I've had women come to me who are really health focused. Like they've had someone in their family have cancer or diabetes, and it's been a generational kind of curse that they want to break. And I think that's awesome. They want to take control of their health and stop the lineage of chronic disease. So just really all kinds of great goals. But I definitely feel like the main thing that I look for in my clients, I always do a consultation with people before I bring them on, is making sure that they have very healthy and realistic goals. I've never signed anyone who, you know, wanted some crazy, ridiculous transformation within 30 days where they would have to starve themselves and work out like an animal and just, you know, run themselves into the ground. Cause it's just not what I believe in. And you're not going to be able to maintain your results. So anytime I bring anyone into my program, I make sure that they have very healthy, realistic goals, whatever it is, even if it's fat loss. I mean, people want to argue that maybe fat loss isn't necessarily a healthy goal. But if you think about it, it is because all these articles coming out about obese people are much more likely to get COVID and die from it. The more fat that you have around your organs, the worse health you're going to have. Fat loss is a good goal. It is a healthy goal. So really, it's just about having sustainable fat loss so you can keep it off, not having fat loss so that you can look good in a bikini in two weeks for your vacation and then eating whatever after that but having fat loss to be the healthiest version of yourself and just feel good about yourself.
1: I love that you mentioned that about fat loss. A lot of people, I think, self-identify as fat. You know, you say like, I am fat, but you're not fat. Like that's just one little piece of your body. You have fat on you. There's fat in your body. So if you say I am fat, it's easy to equate that with like, well, fat's not Really good for you to have too much of it. So, I am bad, right? So, you're saying that I am bad because I have fat on my body. So, there's a lot of this, again, like deconditioning and reframing your thoughts and coming up with the realistic goals that maybe you're not wanting to choose that goal of like, I'm going to lose a certain percentage of fat per week because you're scared of the word fat. Like, you think that you're fat and it's not something that you need to be ashamed about. It's just being able to see your body objectively where you are right now and come up with a realistic goal. And knowing that a coach or a trainer or somebody that's there to help you set your goals, they're not judging you, like, just tell them exactly what you need. And they're going to help you refine that so that you can be successful and be happy and confident. So goal setting's huge. Like right now, as we're recording this, it's the first couple of weeks of January. I know there's thousands, millions of people out in the gyms right now. They're super motivated super ready to, to have that summer body. And then, you know, by the end of the month, by February, some of the gyms are going to be thinning out. And I smile and laugh as I'm saying this, but it's also a problem because it shows that we aren't necessarily great at goal setting. It's not a, a natural thing that most people have. Like that's literally the goal that we'll set. Like, I want to look at a bikini by June. Okay. Well, like, what are you doing for the first six months of the year? Like, are you just going to be miserable? Like, is all that matters the way that you look because you're gonna have to find something that you want to enjoy doing during the half year of your life. It's not just about that vacation, right? So let's say somebody is in that mindset right now. They can't really see past the, like, I feel like I'm fat, I need to lose weight. There's something wrong with my body. I don't like how I look. How do they get there with the goals? Like how do they get rid of some of that guilt and shame about their body image and just set something realistic? where do they start and what do they do in the gym?
2: I would say the biggest, biggest thing always is remember your why and make it very, very clear. What is your big why and write it down. I did this for when I went vegan too, because some people struggle with being vegan. I did it, but a lot of people do. So a lot of times I have people come to me who are struggling with cutting out something, you know, whether it's cheese or whatever it is. And I'm like, write down your why Put it on a note card, keep it in your wallet with you. And when you're feeling those moments of like, man, I don't want to go to the gym today, or man, I feel like ordering a cheese pizza or like whatever it is, just pull that note card out and remind yourself because you have to have some sort of deep emotional connection with what you're doing. You got to get in touch with yourself to find that. And I feel like that's why I've been so successful with my journey. Is that I just had this like fire within me that was like, I'm gonna prove everyone wrong. I'm going to show myself that I can do this. I'm gonna be the best version of myself. I'm gonna love myself inside and out. I'm gonna be strong and just prove to myself that I can do this. So, like, whatever your emotional connection is, I mean, maybe it's your mom died of heart disease, write it down and just get very, very clear with it. We're not in touch with our emotions. I feel like a lot of people, they, suppress things, or they use things to cope, and they're not really in touch with those emotions. So you just got to sit with yourself and really dig and figure out what it is, you know, because it's so much more than a physical transformation. People always get in their mind that it's about looking good, but it's really not. It's really never. Because like, why do you want to look good? Well, you want to look good because there's something within you that's telling you you're not enough. And maybe it's that you don't feel like you're strong you feel like you're weak, there's something else that's going on there. And so I feel like people just have to get in touch with themselves and their emotions, get very clear with it and write it down and just remind yourself of it every day.
1: Yeah, that's really great advice. And I hope that people do take it to heart. And yeah, like you said, like, write it down, make it your own background, like record affirmations to yourself, like whatever it takes to remind yourself. And not to be so hard on yourself when you fall off track a little bit. Cause like everybody slips up here and there and it takes a while to change your habits too. Right. So if you decide right now, like, let's say you've never worked out in your life and tomorrow's going to be your first time ever working out and it's really hard. So you don't work out the next day. Like, are you just going to give up? You need time to develop these habits and to give yourself some leniency. And yeah, it's such a, a mindset shift before you can even make any progress and I love that you keep talking about doing it for energy and for health and overall wellness and disease prevention and getting stronger, feeling confident. Because like for me, for instance, things really shifted last year when I finally started to stop feeling like I needed to be smaller. And that's a huge thing with women and huge thing with anybody who's ever been overweight or obese is that you're constantly pressured to be smaller and not just your body, but it's like, don't speak up unless you're supposed to. Don't be too skinny, but don't be too big either. And it's there's just so many standards that we're pressured on all of the time. It's like your life becomes about like how can I become smaller, like how can I eat less food, how can I lose more weight, and you just lose sight of what you truly value in life. So things shifted for me when I realized I wasn't trying to be smaller anymore. I was trying to be stronger, and I was happy. Like seeing muscles pop out was way more satisfying for me than seeing my stomach get a little smaller or whatever because. Really at the end of the day, who cares? It's going to fluctuate, especially as a woman, like you go through your cycle, you get bloated, whatever you need to go to the bathroom, like your stomach's going to be bigger. Right. But then seeing the bicep pop out, you might not think that's something you want, but when that happens, it can be really special. And um, also being able to do things, right. Like being able to do like a pull-up or a push-up in the beginning too, like you were talking about your asthma. And for me, I just remember like going up the stairs, being out of breath at one point, Noting that along the way, your goal doesn't have to be like this giant thing at first. I think it's really important to make it something that you can't fail at. You can have your overarching goal, like maybe you do want to compete in a, a bodybuilding show, but before that, along the way, like making little steps, just I'm going to drink more water today. Okay, well, here we go. We got my giant water jug. I can't mess that goal up, right? You know, I yeah. might I just become a vegan bodybuilder overnight, but I can drink my water.
2: That is such a good point because. It's not like the first time I set foot in the gym, I was like, I'm going to do a bodybuilding competition and I'm going to hit my pro card. I would have looked at you like you were crazy. Like, please me. Look, I'm just trying to, you know, breathe when I walk around my campus. So I feel like that's another thing is like people see my transformation and it's been about five years. So it's not like exactly like you said, I had realistic goals all along the way. And then when you get that one realistic goal, it's like, holy crap. I used to could not run a mile. I can run a mile now. This is kind of cool. And then you just keep going and you keep going. And then now I'm at the point where I am like pretty fit. I feel like I'm at kind of like an abnormal level now. Like I feel like I could do a show now. Let me prove to myself I can do it. Maybe I'll win. Maybe I won't. So I think setting those goals along the way is what gives you that confidence of like, man, I could not do 10 push-ups and now I can do 12 easy. That's kind of cool. Like now what can I do? gives you all the confidence in the world. And also what you said about just being the smallest version of yourself. I posted a video of my transformation where I was pretty overweight and then I got very thin and then I started to get more muscular. And I was just like you, I was obsessed with being the smallest version of myself, literally just being the tiniest version. Like if I wasn't a small in a shirt oh, I didn't even want it. And my jean sizes would get very small. And then I started building muscle again. And I would get frustrated because I'm like, wait, why am I not a six anymore? Why am I buying the same size jeans that I was buying when I was overweight? But it's because I've got quads and booty. <laughs> it would drive my mom crazy. My mom's like, um, go look at your back and your shoulders. You're not going to fit in a small. I'm sorry. <laughs> But it's like you get that in your mind that if I'm not a small, like I feel like we should just even totally change the sizing. Like we shouldn't call it a small because it gets in your mind. Oh, I'm small. This is good. You know, versus like I'm large. That makes me feel like a a truck or something. You know, there was a turning point for me where I was like, there's nothing wrong with what I look like, my clothing or whatever it is. I know what I look like. And I look like an athlete. And if I don't fit in a small, it's not because there's something wrong with me. It's just because a lot of people don't look like me. A lot of people don't have big shoulders and traps and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, if I need to buy a large, that's okay. I like how I look.
1: Yeah, Yeah, totally. And I love that you brought up the sizing, which first of all, I mean, I'm sure it's a problem with men's clothes too, but Women's clothes are ridiculous. The sizes are just, it's different with every brand. It's different with every type of shirt or type of pant. The shoes are all different. Like just shoes alone on like anywhere from a a seven to a nine, sometimes wide, sometimes double wide, sometimes regular, like it it doesn't make any sense and it's all relative. So I love that you mentioned that about like small, medium, large. Well, how old is the person? Are they athletic? Because, like, if a kid doesn't fit in a large or whatever, it's like, yeah, because it's like an adult shirt. It doesn't really make any sense. So, I I love that you brought that up. And it made me think of this experience that I had when I was in middle school again, right? All the trauma (laughs) and the body image stuff. But this is really important because it was a store called Deb, which I believe is still around. And it was kind of like, you know, your discount cool clothes store. And I remember walking in there and they would have the store split versus like regular sizes and then plus sizes. And the regular sizes were something like zero to 11 or zero to to 12 or 13 or something. And I was like just the one size up. And this was when I was just athletic. Like I was really healthy actually, but just that thing where I had to go on the other side of the store where the plus size clothes were it was information to me. It was information that there's something wrong with my body. I'm plus size that you put that label on yourself. And it's really hard to shake that off because how do you just amp yourself up every day and be like, yeah, I'm plus size because I have muscles and there's nothing wrong with that. Even though the clothes are on the other side of the store. And a lot of times they cost more. And a lot of times the things that I want on the other side of the store aren't available in my size that there's nothing wrong with me like how do you actually believe that as like a 12 year old girl you know so screw the sizes like just wear what you freaking want like (laughs) what looks on you what you feel confident in and whether it's a small or an extra large it doesn't even matter because the brands are all different anyway so everybody just wear what you want like love what you want (laughs) Yeah, yeah so we're talking about mostly women here right so you coach exclusively women right so What would you give as advice, what are things that women go through, whether it's like their menstrual cycle, or these things we're talking about with internalized misogyny, like taking the patriarchy in and feeling small, feeling like you have to be this like tiny, quiet person to fit in and to be what society wants you to be like, what are some things that you go through that you think are specifically addressing women that they might deal with? And what would you suggest that they do to deal with these problems?
2: Definitely. Like you said, just going through menstrual cycles. I think that's super important for women when you're hiring a coach, because you need to be aware that scale could go up five pounds while you're on your menstrual cycle. And it's not because you're not doing your training or your nutrition. You know, if you're staying consistent with everything and the scale goes up on your period, it's just because of some water weight and some bloating. And it's super important with hormones because I work with a lot of women who are going through menopause too. There's just a lot of hormonal changes. And I don't think a lot of people realize a lot of times hormones could be what's affecting your progress. Even like stress, cortisol can absolutely kill a woman's testosterone. It's happened to me before. I've had a really stressful year and I was super low on testosterone and, you know, had hormone therapy and stuff. But women's hormones, they really, really affect your weight loss, water retention, and then even like birth control. I mean, anytime you're messing around with your hormones... There's so many things, so many different ways that your body can react. Maybe you're not able to build the muscle that you once were, and maybe you're having a hard time losing fat. It could be so many things, but it's super important to have a coach who can help you with any sort of hormonal issues and make sure that you have a program and a nutrition regimen that's going to help you with that. I think women struggle more with having confidence in the gym a lot of women, they're very intimidated by dumbbells and barbells. Like they're very comfortable on machines and cardio equipment because you just get on and go. But I feel like women are very intimidated by the free weight section because they get over there and there's some guy bench pressing like four plates on each side and they're like, oh, should I even be here? you know, I feel like women are very intimidated by the weight room. So that's something that I've absolutely loved. Though That's my absolute favorite, favorite success story is when a client comes to me and they're so scared to go pick up some dumbbells or do a barbell squad or whatever it is. And then I get to see their strength increasing each week and their new routines, they go in there, they kill them and they just have so much confidence. It's just amazing. I had a client one time who That was her goal, her biggest goal. She literally hired me because she had such low confidence in the gym. And by the end of it, I mean, this girl, like she was just killing it. She was doing shoulder press with barbell and doing crazy, insane amount of weight. It's just amazing. So I would say those are some of the bigger things like hormones, you know, definitely a biological kind of issue that you definitely want someone who's educated on women's hormones who can help you. And then just also like the mindset blocks that are like not having confidence in the gym and not having confidence in your knowledge.
1: I love both of those. And the hormone thing is so important. And it ties into just holistic wellness, right? That it's not just about cutting your calories and getting the fat off and showing up at the gym and getting on the cardio machines. Like it's about your entire body. It's about how you view yourself. It's about how everything is interacting with each other inside of your body. So there's so many factors that can go into that. And Like you said, it's important to get a coach and especially if you have conditions to do it with medical supervision or consultations. And that way you're also preventing yourself from plateauing or burning out and having those problems where you're just blaming yourself. Like I'm not doing enough. Well, maybe it's not just you. Maybe there's something else going on that you can use an expert to diagnose for you and can help you through it. And I absolutely love this success story of this girl, which by the way, shout out to her, whoever she is. Keep on killing it. I love hearing these things. And totally, like, it's so intimidating. I'm sure for the guys too, right? Because as much as we as women might have that mental block of like, do I belong here? I'm sure the guys are like, if I can't lift as much as that guy, I'm not a man. You know, they, they have a lot of pressure oh, yeah. on them as well. So there's so many people I think that would just be intimidated by the free weights or anything where like other people can see what you're doing. It's yeah. interesting. Like we talked a little bit about the stigma on our own weight, the number on our body weight being a problem or viewing it as something that's wrong or right. And now we're also talking about the number on the weights that we lift being an issue, right? Cause you think yeah. that you're not strong, you're not successful unless you're lifting really heavy. And what is the purpose of the weights in the first place? It's to activate your muscles, right? So if you're picking up hundred pounds, but you're not activating your muscles, right? Then you're not really working out the way that you should, then who cares how much you're lifting versus the whatever 90 year old woman who's coming in with the 10 pound dumbbells and killing it and firing off all of the muscles that she's supposed to be. It does not matter what the number says on the weights that you're lifting. It matters how your body is interacting with them. I forget who said this, but. It really changed my mindset on this weights are just a measurement of your relationship with gravity yeah it's literally just a number like it's really not that big of a deal and unless your job is to like rescue people and you have to be able to lift like 200 pounds so that somebody doesn't fall off a cliff and die like why do you care so much about the number that you're lifting right so it becomes an empowering thing that okay maybe i start off with five pounds and then eventually I add to seven or eight and then it's 10 and then it's 15. Before you know it, you are that person at the gym that other people might be looking at and you're like, oh, I can't lift that much. The first step is going in the door and feeling maybe a little embarrassed or intimidated and doing that thing that makes you feel stupid and new. The first step is kind of sucking at it, right? In your own mind, you might think that you suck, but you don't, you're just a beginner. And that is what's going to get you into the mindset of the people that are the champions and are the bodybuilders. So I love that you brought that up. I love that we're talking about completely redefining our relationship with our own weight and with the weights at the gym and tear it down, like defying stereotypes as a woman, as a vegan, as a (laughs) bodybuilder. Let's just burn it all down and show up for yourself, show up for the vegan community, show up for women. I freaking love it. And is there anything else that you want to talk about or share with the audience today? I think I'm good. I think we gave
2: a lot of value today. Yeah, totally.
1: And if I'm down in Georgia sometime, we're going to have to like lift together.
2: (laughs) Oh yes. And then we'll get a post workout delicious vegan meal.
1: Oh my gosh. Soul food down in Georgia, please. (laughs) Oh yes. (laughs) So I'm sure many people are going to want to follow you after this. So how can they get in touch with you? What are you offering coaching wise? Can you talk about your coaching program and also where to find you online?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So my coaching is a five-month transformation package. So we change your body and your physique, health, whatever your goals are within that time period. We focus on training, nutrition, mindset, everything that you need to transform physically, mentally, spiritually, and be the best version of yourself. So they can follow me. My handle is miss underscore meatless underscore muscle. And I also have a link in my bio, if you would be interested in learning a little bit more about that transformation package, and if it would be a good fit for you, definitely check out the link in my bio, and then you can book in a free consultation with me from there.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much, Brooke, for being on the podcast. And I appreciate you and we're all cheering you on in your competition. I can't wait to bring you back on later and talk about, you know, how you did.
2: (laughs) Yes, hopefully I'll, I'll be a pro. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. good luck girl all right thank you so much laura
0: thank you for tuning in to the vegan dharma podcast keep in touch add me on facebook and instagram vegan dharma coach if you're interested in one-on-one coaching to find your soul's purpose send me a dm remember you are more than this physical body and we are meant to embody our soul's purpose the world needs you just as you are I will see you on the next episode of the Vegan Dharma Podcast.